Just to clarify, these views that we speak of on our podcast are 100% our own and not those associated to anyone from Luton Town Football Club. Thank you very much. Welcome to Owen the Town. I'm Lou Gregory. Hope you had an amazing Christmas. We're here today to discuss everything that happened over on Boxing Day weekend. Another away defeat to Reading. It seems like we never seem to beat Reading in the league. 2-1. I'd say the score kind of flattered us a little. Uh, we're going to discuss about that game today. We're going to take a look at our fullback situation. When we're playing away from home, do we perform better with attacking fullbacks? Would you like to see that going forward in future away games? We also answer your Instagram questions, your Twitter fleets. And today, Bataro off ill. Um, Not so COVID, is it? I don't think it's COVID. I think he's just, he just texted us today saying he's a bit ill. So I've got Dave with me and oh. Steve's on Zoom. Evening, Steve. Hello. Good evening. How are you? You okay? How was your Christmas? Uh, I'm okay, thank you. Christmas was good. Yeah, it was really good. It was different. It was a lot quieter this year. Nice. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. How about you? you did good? you both enjoy the Christmas podcast? Oh, the, it was we, it was amazing, wasn't it? I, I enjoyed every, I, I enjoyed recording it. I enjoyed watching it back. It was good. All three it of them was were fantastic. Good. If you haven't seen it, go on and watch it. It's great. If you haven't seen the Christmas podcast yet, go watch it after this one. Um, although this one's audio only today because Christmas, everything's just a bit. Everyone's just a bit busy at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, the time is off. Feel just one of them days, one of them weekends of, of football as well. Um, before we start today, Steve, we got you a Christmas gift, didn't we? Uh, you did, yes. Thank I you. Think, I, I think, appreciate that. Should we let him open it? Yeah, let him open it. Go on, oh, go on then. Let's see what it is. Oh, God. You know, it's only a small thing. It takes forever. Here he goes. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. It's a black mug. That's pretty cool. What is it, Steve? It's an I Won the Town podcast mug. I love it. Yeah, so what you need to do Lovely. during this podcast, what you need to do is go and get yourself a really... A nice cup of tea. No, no, yeah, oh, a nice cup of tea. I'll just get the kettle on and put it in and see what it looks like then. All right, so now Stephen's Christmas gift is out of the way. Got one for Batara as well, but obviously he uh, he, he couldn't turn up today. Uh, let's reflect on Boxing Day defeat for Luton away at Reading. Um, starting off with some three-word reviews then. Andrew said, Reading, lose, repeat. Khan says £10 wasted. Ped says start strongest team. Richard said Harry's long throw. Roger says ineffective first half. Lee says bottom three approaching. Um, Cam says left it late. And literally Luton says very one-dimensional. It was, if we just look at the game as a whole, you come away from that game on Boxing Day Saturday and you just say, we just weren't good enough on the day to get anything, were we? We just weren't good enough. Not just not good enough. The starting 11 wasn't good enough. And it just felt like they was on a Christmas hangover, really. They just didn't do much at all, did they? First half, absolutely appalling. Absolutely appalling. But I think that's the manager's fault. I think that's team selection. So some of those three-word reviews I agree with. And with the team selection, there was a number of changes. And like the most notable was uh, Jewsby Hall on the bench and Norrington Davis on the bench as well. It just... I don't know. You just when when you see like Jewsbury Hall not starting, you just instantly just think it's going to be one of them games because he's got that bit of magic, hasn't he? Why on earth? He has. 
Go on, you go on, Dave. You go first. I was going to say, on. why not? Don't you start your best eleven? We know that Dewsbury Hall has been one of our star players this season. Okay, I know the fixes are in and out every other day, every other week. You know, we've got two a week, and it's it's a hard it's a hard slog. But he's he's been our most outstanding player. So not to play him at the start of the game was a mistake, total mistake. And it proved to be a mistake. Sadly, start with your best yeah. eleven. Yeah, second half, I thought we were a changed team. Uh, did he come on at half-time, didn't he? Yeah, triple sub at half-time. Yeah, I thought, I don't know whether that's a change of approach or just Reading changing the way they play the game or anything, but for Jewsbury Hall coming on, I thought he changed the game, picked up the ball well midfield and kept possession. I feel like that's something we we struggled to do in the first half in the attacking third, or there was just no, there was just no intent in the first half, was there? There was just no attacking... And a player like Jewsby Hall, he brings just so much quality to like the basic stuff, I think, when it comes to passing and just carrying the ball. And it's like he knows to carry it for like the perfect amount of time for that space to open up. He's just such a clever player. He's that one player in midfield that you trust. When he ever gets the when he ever gets the ball, he you have faith in him not losing it, sort of thing. You you trust him with it and uh, you you know possession secure with him. Uh, the other two changes in the team then saw... Um, so it was Raymond Kerr and Clark came in. I was quite happy to see Jordan Clark play because he played well against Norwich a few weeks back. And Monker, you kind of know what you're getting with him, don't you? Um, and after the Christmas podcast, I was just praying he'd score so he'd do the Dart celebration. Uh, wasn't to be, though. And it did kind of look like we were a 4-3-3. Did, did that, is that what it looked like to you guys? 4-3-3 the weekend. I think 4-3-3. But I also think that just when you look at the starting lineup, you just think... Really? That's what I felt about it. And and it was lackluster from the start. 4 3, three. I think tactically and team selection-wise, uh, you can lay that at Nathan's. At Nathan's um, it was his responsibility, really, wasn't it? He made the mistakes of putting the wrong team out. And I think that's the problem. So it's not that we weren't good enough, because when we put the team in for the second half, we were much, much better. Much, much better. But Reading weren't all that. Reading weren't all that either. And we just, we but we just can't seem to play them. <laughs> we just no. can't seem to play them in the league well. Um, of, of course, we beat them in the cup this year, but last year was what five nil and, and three nil. Yeah. And just, this year, they're I just not, don't know what it is. And you just I just don't know what it is. It. Yeah. Um, just want it's just annoying, isn't it? I just hate playing Reading. I just don't like Reading. I don't like him as a team, and I hate playing them because they always beat us. Like fair play, isn't it? Um, <laughs> It, and we just, like you said, the first half was just awful. We offered nothing attacking-wise. We just couldn't string a pass together. I remember, Steve, you were putting in the WhatsApp chat stages just like, um, I think it was like when Ray like passed them the ball from our goal kick and we were just oh. in the WhatsApp chat just like, what on earth is happening right now? No, do you know what? I was a few seconds behind and I don't know what happened before then, but it was for the thing before. Yeah. But as soon as you agreed to me, I was like, oh, here we go. Well, you said something about Ray, so I was waiting for it. Yeah. <laughs> it was terrible, though. And the first half performance is awful. Let's talk about their first goal then. Um, for leading like the ninth minute, I think it was a corner, set yeah, piece, such corner. a disappointing way to, to concede. It was um, a good finish, I thought. Well, producer Jacobs put on the running order here. Is it bad defending or is it a good set piece routine? Right. Firstly, it's a good set piece routine, but. But, I mean, and the striking, you, you've got to say, yeah, if that was one of our players, you'd be really happy with it. But he was wide open. There was no one covering him. Were we zone marking? Clark or, lost his, well, Clark we, lost the man. Were yeah. we zone marking? 
I don't think so. I just think Clark fell asleep for a man marking, didn't it? He just well, got in, away from in which case, if you give a striker that more, or even an attacker that much, there was no one around him. So the ball comes from it's a nice, comfortable kick in the goal, isn't it? So it was mm. poor defending. What I'd say, though, is that player still has a lot to do when he beats Clark to volley that in past Shea. Yeah, but poor defending. He shouldn't have had the opportunity to bloody do that in the first True. place. Uh, you you need to defend those positions, and 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 it's like well known that we don't defend those very well at times. And 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 Boxing Day was one of those times. It was horrendous. He had so much, he had so much time. He could have pirouetted and put it in. <laughs> I saw on social media someone said that Sluga in goal may have saved that. No, I'm obliged Why? to disagree with with it. Obviously, <laughs> I mean. But. I don't think Shea had. Much I don't of, know what you think. He, no, Shea had no, no chance of saving that. He was a good strike. The the point is that we shouldn't have given him the opportunity to make that shot at all. Yeah, it was like, it was like a Christmas all. hangover. Wasn't it? He was standing on the edge of the box on his own. He was there was no one close to him at all. So it was poor defending. So producer Jacob, it, it was poor defending on the Shea and Sluger thing, though, Steve. I. I look at that game at the weekend. Apart from the two goals, did Reading have another shot on target? No, literally two shots on target, two goals. So it's not like Shea even had loads to do at the weekend either, which is just so disappointing then that you can see from a set piece and to be fair, their second goal was just atrocious defending as well. Oh. Yeah. Well, we lost the ball inexplicably. We lost the ball and, and it was our fault. And as soon as we lost the ball... You know, Luke, we both said, oh, my God, here we go. Who was it who lost the ball? Do we know? Was it one of the... Was it Craney? Was it Clark? I don't know who it was. Pell? I thought Craney had a stink at the weekend, but I don't know who lost it. Not sure. I can't remember because I just sort of put my head in my hands at the time. It was definitely our mistake that led to their goals. Both of them. We basically gifted them two goals as far as I'm concerned. It wasn't yeah. a very good Christmas present, was it? No. <laughs> no. And it was just the way when they broke from us giving them the ball, they did it with such speed and it just seemed to take out all of our defenders somehow and then he's just through with Shea to beat and as that goes in, you just thought, well, that's it. I think, Steve, you put in the chat, literally two minutes earlier, if they score again, I'm turning it off and they scored and then we still kind of watched the rest. Didn't <laughs> and I still watched it all. <laughs> <laughs> the second half was a lot better though. I think that's credit to our second half performance. There was, there's a lot more, oh, I don't know how to... Gusto. That's the yeah. That's there's a lot we more had, impetus had, we, behind well, us. You change the team. You put the team you should have started with. You put your best players on the pitch, and suddenly we start playing better. You know. Before we get into second half chat, though, there was an incident at the end of the first half which um, could have given us a bit of a lifeline. The craney penalty shout, which ended up being a free kick on the edge, and like replays suggest that it was on the line slash in the box. What, what were your guys' view on it? Because I thought it was a penalty. Penalty. As soon as I saw it, I thought it was a pen. Pen. Hundred percent. Look, if that's in the Premier League, I, I, I hate VAR. I really hate it. I have to say that out loud. I hate it. However, had VAR been involved, it would have been called as a pen. One hundred percent a pen. One hundred percent. Yeah. Steve, would you be opposed to VAR coming into the Championship? Oh, I hate VAR. I'm the same. I, I think it's sort of. Sort of ruining the game a bit. It wouldn't surprise but, me. But they, when you get decisions like that, it's it's hard not not to want it. <laughs> the the, re, the reason we hate VAR because it's sort of like micromanaging the game. So the the the, co the controversy of that penalty incident we're talking about is exactly why we love football, right? Mm -hmm. And 
when it comes down to it, yeah, VAR would have called it, but he might have called a goal offside by a toenail and you'd be really angry with it. That's the thing with VAR, you, though. You win some, you lose some, don't you? That is true. But with VAR, I think for me, the thing I hate the most about it is like the offside decisions being by like centimetres. That's what winds me up with VAR. But I think when it comes yeah. to like reviewing stuff like that, where that ball's gone out of play and the ref's given what? Well, we gave he a free, gave kick, free kick, didn't he? A free kick, yeah. So the, the play is stopped. I think then for VAR, just to look at that whilst play is stopped and go, actually, no, that was inside the box. For me, that doesn't disrupt the flow of the game. And as a fan, I know you sit there, Dave, as a fan, and you say, well, we can't see what's happening. If it just says on the screen, check impossible penalty, then yeah, in your I, head you're going, okay, they're just seeing if it was inside the box or outside the box. And for me, I'm for that. I, th- I think that would be great at our level to have. Well, that sort of thing, yes, maybe. However... I, I'm, you know, when you think about when you pay your money to be in that stadium, you paid your, in, in our level, it's only, you know, 20, 30 quid a hit. But in, in the Premier League, it's a lot more than that. And then you can't see what those referees are looking at. Then it takes it away from why go? Why not just sit at home and watch it on the telly? That's Have you thing. watched a live game with VAR yet? No. We watched we, the Bournemouth, didn't we? We watched Bournemouth Luton last season with VAR. Mm. And Bournemouth had a goal disallowed, didn't they, for VAR as well? Um, mm-hmm. But wouldn't you have liked to see the decision? Because if I'm sitting at home watching that on television and it's being you know broad- I'm broadcast, I can, see that, I can see that replay four, five, six, seven times. Yeah. I can see the lines go up. I can see what they're looking at. To had be the- honest, I weren't fussed. I sat, it said in the corner, it said checking goal, possible offside. So you're just sitting there just waiting for the referee to go, goal or not. And when he said no goal, you were like, hey. Yeah, it's not it's not right. No. And you'll never convince anybody of my age group that that's right. If you're going to pay and see a game, you want to see what's happening. If you go to a rugby game, you see it on the bloody screens, right? Yeah, so, see replays of the incident. Exactly. And you can hear the referee. You can hear what the referee's saying, right? If you if you, if you, pay if, you cho- if you choose to, yeah, yeah you can absolutely. do. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's where VAR is wrong for me. So if if we're talking about VAR and the championship, which I think is inevitable at some stage, if you're thinking about it, it would have given a 100% penalty to us. We get a, we go in the half-time at 2-1. And then lose 4-1 a, or something. No, probably. I don't agree with that because at 2-1, Nathan Jones realises his mistake, changes the team up a bit, and then we go out there and perform as good as we did second half. Maybe we get a second chance. Reading had nothing to offer, and that's the saddest thing. I, do you know what? I'm not even going to watch the FA Cup game at this rate because <laughs> I, I just really can't be bothered watching that team again. So we are going to do a live tweet, I think, and we're going to say, um, with the penalty decision not going for us at the weekend, would you be for or against VAR in a championship next season? Let's put that out, see what people say. Um, look, it was, it was what it was. We didn't get the penalty. Got the free kick, which I think Monker put way out for a goal kick or something. Oh, was, that was frustrating, wasn't it? So frustrating. Um, but then in the second half, Steve, like you said, we came out, we were a different team. This could have been maybe... Because Reading are tunnel up and they just thought, you know what, if we just sit and defend and sit deep, Luton, Luton have to break us down. But Hilton came on. If Tara was here, he'd be sticking up for Danny Hilton. But realistically, he put didn't, himself about. just didn't do a lot though, did he? I, I'm surprised they didn't see Nombi instead. I'd like quite like to see him go on at halftime or just get more of a, more of a chance than five, ten minutes. I do see a lot of people um, on Twitter nowadays and, you know, and to be fair, they, they're saying, look, he's getting more game time, Hilton, and he's still not proving to anyone that he is championship quality. 
And it is very, it just seems to be a bit of a sentimental thing right now, doesn't it? Oh, okay. yeah, his favourite, Danny Jones. Because we're all we're all football league managers who knows what Premiership quality. Oh, sorry, Championship quality is. Um, it's because he hasn't scored, right? That's all it is. If he's scored a hat trick, is is Championship quality? Yeah, he doesn't it? look like he's going to score a hat trick, and he doesn't look like he's getting in positions to score a hat trick. Well, that's tactics, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not completely convinced. But look, he saw us well. Is it? I I I quite like Danny Hilton. I'm not going to snag him off. I think he's played well for us. He's been good for us. Um, I'm he not hasn't scored in nearly two years. Well, he was injured for a bit. True. In fact, injured for, for a, a lot. Long time, injured it? for yeah. a lot. Let's be fair. He was injured for a lot. So, you know, you've got to give him that. Um, and football's cancelled for six months as well. So saying two years is... Yeah, that's true. It's quite misleading. I, I genuinely think for this game, you've got to put this, the whole performance is mostly down to the manager's selection and the manager's tactics for this game. Why 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 change a team that was doing okay? I know you talk about resting players. I know we've got loads and loads of fixtures. However, probably wasn't the best thing. If you're going to rest someone, rest them for the FA Cup game. We're not going to win the FA Cup. I know a lot of fans don't like hearing stuff like this, but players can't play three games in one week. Your body needs that time to recover. And George Moncur said it on the Christmas podcast with the current schedule. He's saying if you play Wednesday night and you play again Saturday, he's like, that's not enough time for his body to recover to go again on Saturday. Yeah, but the ones he was trying to protect, the ones that Nathan Jones was trying to look after, when they came on the pitch, they changed the game. Yeah, but that's the... Sac- and Nathan Jones even said this in post-match. He said that's, he, he was looking ahead of these two home fixtures. Well then, then so hope. realistically, if he's going to say right, we're we're going to not play Jewsby Hall from the start of the weekend and Norris and Davis from the start, that implies to me they're both going to start against Bristol City and against um, QPR at the weekend. Well, let's hope they do because um, because because he's set his stall out now, isn't he? If he doesn't start them, then you're going to moan some more about Nathan Jones. I think he'll start them, and then they can have a good rest against Reading, and we can just play a complete weekend team. So, yeah. Second yeah. half didn't really offer much. The subs did pretty good. I thought Norrington Davis, when he came on, was amazing. Um, we're going to talk about fullbacks in a minute. And Luwalawa scored the goal late on. Bit of a consolation. I kind of got a little bit excited once we kicked off again and we had the ball. And I was like, we're going to go for this now. And then Reading just got the ball. And then I think Jordan Clark pushed someone over in like the 92nd yeah. minute. And I got so annoyed because I was like, <laughs> do not foul him. And he's just gone and like kicked him. And I was just like... What's the point? Yeah, lucky we didn't have a cat, right? If we had a cat, that cat wouldn't have been in this house no, at that point. No, it was terrible. Um, it, it was one of those frustrating, frustrating things because actually when we did score, you thought, oh, we could we could maybe have a Christmas miracle going on here, but it just didn't happen. Didn't happen. Luwalawa's goal was good, good finish, though, you, wasn't it? Oh, it was great I was going to say, take you back to Luwalawa. Where's he been? Where's Luwalawa been recently? Has he been injured or has he just not been fancied? Not I just, I don't, think he's a, I don't think he's a starter player for us at all. Generally don't. No, because he hasn't he hasn't played much at all recently, even off the bench. No, uh, but when he comes on, if... when he comes on, he's an impact player at the moment, isn't he? He That's is, definitely. Thing. And he scored, he's he scored it. Actually, his goal was a cracking goal. And if he scored it... Oh, f- I think it's class. Get it five minutes earlier, you might think to yourself, oh, we've got a little bit more time here. But, you know, keeper it wasn't... Keeper should have saved it, though, do you think? I, do you know what? Yeah, I, I agree with you. The keeper could, probably should have saved it. But every time I go to that bloody stadium at Reading... Um, 
we come away with not one. It's just a bit of a crap hole to go to, really, isn't it? It's not great. Didn't like it. Didn't like it at all. Never will. The one thing I would say about Luar Lara, he just brings that positivity of taking on players, which I just feel like sometimes we are missing. And I thought we'd get that with Clark and Moncur on the wings, but evidently I was wrong. Uh, before we move on to today's focus, which is actually a fullback focus, we did put out this live poll. 81% of people have said they'd be against VAR in the championship. <laughs> uh, Ross says yeah. he'd be against it. One, because it costs a lot of money, um, which we probably don't have. And two, more decisions would go against us than for us. Um he said, for example, Wickham's offside goal. And he also thinks Collins would have been sent off more with some red cards. I just, uh, for the AR. record, Wickham's offside goal was offside. Just let you know. You never know, do you? Uh, yeah, Stephen Day says nine. he's always for it. Much rather wait for a VAR decision than watch us lose out on a Stonewall penalty and concede offside goals. Which I think I think is, I think that's fair enough. Well, it works both ways. Like You get as many as you concede, I think. Yeah, maybe. Mm. But it's... I don't know. It's it's a really tricky one, but it's a good debate. Keep them coming. Oh, when the town on Twitter, and let's move in today to the fullback focus. We didn't want to focus on one player today. We wanted to focus on all of our fullbacks. Um, and I and I wanted to do this. And me and producer Jake had a little chat about this earlier on in the day. And we were saying when we're playing away from home, and especially against Reading at the weekend, I thought from the start we were crying out for attacking fullbacks. And Steve, you said earlier you thought Craney had a bit of a shocker. Craney yeah, and Potts yeah. are not really attacking fullbacks as what we've seen in the past and realistically what we have on the bench either, are they? Do you think away from home we need to be going more attacking fullbacks? I just don't think Craney's the one for right back. Um, I thought Pearson when he was in uh, was quality from right back. I'd, I'd still have Pearson there. Um, I'm quite surprised he's been swapped. I don't see what he did wrong to get dropped, if I'm honest. Um, but the other side, I'd definitely have Norrington Davis. Definitely have Novington Davis. He's just so much more of a threat going forward, like you say. I think um, I think our problem is that we we had Premier League stars playing in our team. Uh, you know, with the likes of Stacey and Justin pushing forward from those positions, and we don't have the same sort of player right now. So attacking full black. I think we do though. Do you? I think Novington Davis is a mould. Ignoring Davis is and very much like them. Yeah, I, I, I think Bree's obviously Stacey. a bit injured, isn't he, at the moment? So maybe that right oh, back sl- Bree is a, is injured at the moment, and having that right okay. back slot could be quite difficult. But I I look at Norrington Davis on that left hand side, and yeah, he was being rested, which means we'll hopefully see him midweek and maybe next weekend. But attacking wise, I think I think in a few years Norrington Davis can be up there with the likes of Stacey and maybe even Justin. I know Justin's actually smashing it right now, but I think these guys are good That's, enough. Signed a new deal with Sheffield United, didn't he? In a few yeah. years. In a few years. There's the word you're having. In a few years. Well, maybe not even if... To be fair, Norrington Davis, I know Joan said he's got a lot to learn still, but for me, he's still... The way I look at a game like Reading at the weekend is we we lost 2-1 with Craney and Potts at right back. So if we were to have attacking fullbacks and people would say, like, that would leave you more exposed at the back, I would just say, just go for it. Just go for it. Why don't we just go for it? Because you know what, with the attacking fullbacks though, and, and when you get that sprint down the line and that they're pushing up, um, it gives you a little bit more. It stops it stops your central your central um, attackers moving to the right to or the left to cross the ball in because they're there to push it through, aren't they? Um, and you create more. So if you're creating more, they have to defend more. They might catch you on the break. That's about it. They might catch you on the break. But then you make a formation where 
a central defensive midfielder slots into that fullback role when someone's pushes forward. Well, that's how it's meant to work. That then you would be questioning our midfield, wouldn't you? If that went wrong. Who do you see as the best fullback pairing at the club if there's no injuries and when there is injuries? So like right now, would you say probably Norrington Davis and what Pearson are right back, Steve? No, I'd have Pearson, oh, 100%. Um, Bree, when he's back, I'd have him. Um, but yeah, at the moment, I'd have Pearson. Um, I, I, like I say, when he did play right back, I thought he was class. I thought he was very good. Um, and I don't know why he got dropped. I know he got suspended, but when he come back from that, I don't know why he he was dropped. I do give Pearson a lot of stick, but I, if I do look at it sensibly, I think he's actually been all right at right back, like you said. He hasn't. No, I know he puts the ball out, but it's his and favorite it thing to do. Mate, is I just get booting that. the ball out for throw-ins, but he's he's a bit solid, isn't he? And just with Bree, yeah. I just uh, not Bree, sorry, with Craney, it's just his mobility. I just feel like you look at him and it's just like he's got no pace or speed well or that's the thing is that if you have an attacking fullback they've got to have a bit of pace yeah they have to have yeah. a bit of pace um, would you how would you go about getting Kyoso back would you I know Luke's a big fan of him he's Luke's, would you would you get him back I don't know I don't think so I think it may be just give him a bit more experience where he is and then see he scored how, again at the weekend well maybe so but you know it's not in the, it's not in the championship is it and then he'll come back and be like oh he's not a championship player you'll get all that crap again <laughs> you'll get that yeah you um, will I think I think you play your best back four when they're all fit. Then I think I think Bree comes back into the team. Personally. Yeah, I'd like to see Bree. I'd lo- I actually would love to see Bree Norrington Davis, Bradley, and Lockyer as our back four at one stage this season. Because I thought, I think Lockyer. There was a stout today from the second tier podcast saying he's not been dribbled past this season. He's like the only player not to be dribbled past this season in ten games, which. It's a pretty good stat, to be fair. Well, if that's true, that's fantastic. And it proves that he's, he worth, a, he's worthy of his well, position, isn't it? That proves how good he is. He was a class signing, wasn't he? But yeah, he, again, he's another one who had a stink on the weekend. <laughs> oh, I think they all did, mate, at the weekend. Um, we asked you what you thought about our fullback situation. Should we be playing attacking fullbacks away from home? Dwayne says, Bree and Norrington Davis um, are our best fullback pairing. And he said, why? Because why bring them to the club if they're not the best option? Too many square pegs in round holes sometimes. Keep it simple. Play best players in their best position and we won't be far wrong. Mohammed says, Bree and Norrington Davis are our best fullback pairing. When fully fit, they're our best combo. But we have to be careful not to burn out Norrington Davis. So I'm happy for Potts to step in. The right side, we have no other attacking alternatives unless you trust the kids. Which is like what we're saying, isn't it? Because we've got, what, Craney, Pearson at the moment. Yeah. It's just not... Not a lot of attacking. Uh, it's not exactly the most attacking threat there, is there? No. But it's, it's true as well, though, what he says about Norrington Davis, because he did play the first, like, 10, 11 games of the season without a rest, and that was, like, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. So now maybe, and especially what he's been in the Wales squad every now and again. True. It is important to rest him up. Yeah, I, I agree that it's important to rest when you... I mean, this is not a normal season, is it? Let's, let's, let's be honest. It started late um, and, you know, the fixtures are thick and fast. So you've got, to, you've got to sort of protect your better players for those games you think you can win. But then you've got to look at it. What's the next game? Bristol. Yep. Yeah, so Bristol, they're not doing too bad, are they? No, no, they're all right. Yeah. So, you know, we need to win Bristol and then we need, we've got a second home game. We are, I can't remember. QPR. QPR. Oh, QPR. 
Bloody hell! If we don't beat QPR, I'll be really pissed off. Well, one of our one of our mates in our in our group chat we have is a QPR fan, and we were chatting to him the other day, and he was basically saying, if Luton don't beat QPR next week, he'll be shocked. He said they are atrocious this season. He said he, he just he thinks they're going to go down. He well, honestly they do. thinks they're awful. So. It's kind do. of like giving me a bit of hope that QPR aren't going to be that great next weekend. But we got to turn up, though. We have to turn up. The problem is, the problem is when you when you play teams that are up in the top of the, of the division, think Norwich, we play really well. And then you play someone who's not doing so well and it feels like we drop down to their level. So as long as we keep up the pace and we keep in front of them, yeah, we can do it. But the tendency is for our team is just to play like the opposition are playing sometimes. So when you, I've been to so many games in the past where you should expect to win and then the, the team has performed horrendously because the other team, think Wickham, think anyone like that, we don't play as good against them. Yeah, It must be difficult though to change your mentality from going from a, okay, it's going to be a battle against Norwich or your Swansea's or Watford, for example, Forest, and then to go against Wickham, say, right, we're the we're the favourites here. We've got to go and get, take the game to them. Yeah, true. And don't, it's a whole different style of play, isn't it? Yeah, don't allow complacency to slip in. So if we don't beat QPR, I'll be distraught. I, I'd like to get a result against Bristol, but we, we need to start picking up those points because if we don't, then we're going to do what Charlton did last season and we're going to just drop down that league like a stone. And I don't want that to happen. We've had a really good start. If we get a couple of good results in the next two games, then it's a really good sort of push on for the second half of the season. And who knows, right, with Nathan Jones changing... The, the team around it on Boxing Day. If someone would have said to you, "Look, lose today against Reading, but you'll win your next two home games because of the player resu- the player like exchanging around the squad," you'd probably said, "Okay, I'll take that." Yeah, I'd, so, have, ta- I'd have said if you'd have said that to me, and it was true, and it happens, I would have taken that. However, you can't keep using that phrase <laughs> if we lose today, but we win the next two because you know the next one we lose. Are we ta- if we take three from seven or three from nine, would you be happy or four from nine? Would you be able, you can't keep saying that. You've got to start getting those results in the bag right now. That's what I say. Get the get the results in because if not, then we're going to find ourselves in the bottom half of the league, and that's not where we want to be. I think we'll pick up points. I, think I, we'll I agree. I, I think we've got. I've, I've said before on these podcasts, we have the better squad than we had last season. We have some better players than we had last season. So there's no reason why we should get ourselves drawn into that relegation area. But it'd be nice to see a couple of wins on the bounce, wouldn't it? A few more tweets then about our fullback situation. Dave says, uh, Norrington Davis and Bree, probably the best options in an ideal world. Don't think Potts ahead of Norrington Davis in itself was an awful decision on Saturday. Um, as solid as as solid as other options are and have been, they don't offer the same threat that Bree does on the right-hand side in Pearson and Craney. Ian says, um, Jack Stacey and James Justin come to mind. Marvellous they were, but now we've got James Bree and Norrington Davis and they're younger, sharper, faster, smarter than Craney and Potts. Um, he also says we don't even have attacking attackers half the time when we're playing away. Well, that's true. <laughs> Which is a very good point. <laughs> that's true. Very good point. Um, Grant says... I'm going back to Reading. Sorry. Yeah. No, go for it, Steve. You've got to give it to him, sort of thing. He did realise his mistake at half-time. He changed it. And we did pull our finger out. We we did... I thought the second half we played quite well. We, um, yeah, he had to change it, though, didn't he? Uh, he had no other option. Yeah. Because if we were going to get no, anything course. out of that game, we weren't going to do it with the same 11 that started that game and Should nothing changed. But it's like Reading last year, wasn't it? It was... Can I just say this We ended up losing 3-0 instead of the 2-1 or... Yeah. Or, or Brentford, for example. Nothing changed and we got thumped. 
Yeah. Whereas he's he's realised his mistake. His pride didn't take didn't get the better of him, and he did make those changes. The one thing I can thank COVID for this year is I didn't go on Boxing Day. That's how I felt. I felt just like <laughs> I didn't waste my time. I wasted ten quid, but I didn't waste my time going. Let's be honest. So you would have rather have gone and watched that than yeah, yeah COVID right. be here. For, no, you're right. Yeah. Absolutely right. I, I mean, I I would go if I got the chance to go. I'm going. I would go see a whole season of us losing away at Reading in that exact same match if it meant COVID went away. I would go watch 38 games of Reading 2, Luton 1 would just you? to get rid of COVID. Yeah. Oh. I'll take one for the I team, guys. <laughs> no, we'll be taking one for the team. Can you just make it a little bit less? <laughs> uh, let's get into some questions from Twitter and Instagram today. Adam says, after you shared your Harry Eister clip, should we be starting him at Reading in the cup game? Did yes. You guys, did you guys see that yes, clip? Yes, we should. Yeah, I saw it was class. When it, the first one went great, but the second one was good. <laughs> Dave, did you see that clip? No, no. Harry Eistead on. He's doing his bit of goalkeeping training. Oh, oh, oh! I just watch it. I'll, I'll have a look now. Hang on, have a look now. I didn't know Harry Eistead was like TikTok famous. I was just scrolling through the other day, and he had like two hundred k likes on one of his videos. I think one of them had like a quarter of a, like three quarters of a million likes as well. That's pretty good. <laughs> You're gonna um, show him the first one you showed me, the one that weren't the oh, best. We didn't. We didn't tweet that one. We only tweeted the good one. But, uh, oh, okay. oh, my bad. <laughs> would you start him in the League Cup game against Reading, the FA Cup game? Yeah, why not? Yeah, would yeah, I would. Or would you would you give um, someone else a chance to get back in the team? I think if you put Sluger in that game, it does, and he has a good game. For me, that's kind of like right. He can start the next the next league game. Well, don't you think that's what the manager's going to do then? I don't know. I don't know I what do. the manager's going to do. No. Well, I said this the other day. I would say that you put Sluger in goal to sort of, sort of get him back into the team. Even though Shea's not done much wrong, he's not the number one choice, is he? That league uh, FA Cup game, I can see that eleven just being complete. I think we could see some of them youngsters we signed being in that starting eleven. I can. I don't even we, know their names, but that's not our. Um, it's not our main focus this year, is it? The FA Cup. We're not going to win it. Although it's a nice bit of money we can get. I don't. I don't think it'll, it'll play as best team there. And especially with the <laughs> amount of games coming up, there's no. I just cannot see. Any of our starting eleven, even being. I think Nombe will get a start. Could we Nombe, not see yeah. him get a start? Could see Nombe getting a start, but fullbacks, maybe Potts could get in. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. That's a couple of weeks away yet. Chris says, "Is Jusby Hall a must start? Um, do we have another player that can set the tempo?" No, he's a must I, start. <laughs> I love him. I love him in the team, and I think um, if he gets a chance to start, they should start him. Unless Morel is a player that can do that. We haven't seen much of him. Um, What's happened to him as well? He's another one. Yeah, I wasn't. see a few people on social media now wondering where he's, where he's been hiding. Wasn't even in the squad at the weekend. But I think Dewsbury Hall, when you can play him, because I do think it's important to rest players, I think, yeah, must start. He's the player that when he starts, I'm confident. I'm like, right, cool. Means business. Yeah, yeah I agree. I've just watched the Eistead save. That's great, isn't it? Yeah, class, especially it's in very slow motion. Class. And, and I didn't know what TikTok was until a minute ago. There you go. Uh, JG <laughs> on Twitter, Instagram says, Dan Potts a centre-back, yes or no? I'm going to say no. No. That one. Steve, what Why? are you saying? Why would you put the centre-back? Don't know. Good in, uh, no, he's but good in the air. Would you play him in centre-half, Dan Potts? Not in a 4-4-2, four, four, I don't think. No. Maybe in a fourth. As a last last choice, as a in five, maybe maybe left centre back. I could see it, but no, nah, not for me. 
James says, do we need to worry about the start of a slide down the table or are we staying mid-table? Oh, I think I think if we don't get another couple of results, I think you do start to worry about it. But I think, you know, the next two home games, if we get some points out of that, then you, you sort of relax a bit more, don't you? And th- th- I think th- the best thing is that there are some teams that are not performing more how you thought they would. I mean, we can forget them, although I say that at my, <laughs> my own peril, don't I? I never, I didn't think Wickham would do very well in this division, um, but the likes of Sheffield Wednesday, Derby, not playing so well, QPR, not playing so well. So it gives you a bit of hope that we're actually better than all those teams. So that's so. Do we worry? I think we worry if we don't win the next two. Yeah, you start to worry then. I think if you don't get at least four points from the next two games, you look at the run of away fixtures we have in January, and we've got Bournemouth, Brentford, and Blackburn. I think. And you think they are three tough away games. They're all tough. They're all tough. There's not many teams in this division where you sit there and go, oh, that's going to be easy. They're all tough. You can't can't pick out one, well, maybe two. But you can't go to those games and think we're going to win every single game away because we're not. Just need to start picking up them points. It goes back to what you were saying earlier. It's like we play well against the better teams. We play well against Norwich, um, Bournemouth at home, and we pick up points. So... You can't really write us off in those games. It's difficult when you think the top of the table at the moment are most of the oh, is it three of the Premier League teams that were relegated are in the top places. Then you've got mm. one. You've got one that missed out very, you know, by a margin, a really small margin, still up there fighting for it. And their start of the season hasn't been fantastic, but that, you know they're doing well. So it's difficult for us. I just want to survive. I want to. I just want to have a, a better end into the season than we did last season although that was glorious finish I don't want that that, that, that you want anxiety. to be safe don't you I don't want that anxiety anymore or that, yeah. that threat that we might go down Snocks on social media says what are your thoughts on Cornick not being in the starting lineup recent games he thinks it's a bad decision well I think we've always said that when Cornick comes on he gives you that little bit when he's playing he's got a little bit of pace and, and, then, and then we talked about his finishing in the past but um, zero goals well, I'm unsure if he's had an assist this season as well. Okay. But I'm thinking the same. When he runs at the players, he runs at the players and, and he can get past them. And also, who knew he could throw the ball that far? Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, he's got a new thread to him, hasn't he? A new, new dimension to the team. That is one thing you can say about Cornick and the weekend is Simon Pitts was like, here we go then, get to see Harry Cornick's long throw, which we all know about. And I was sitting there thinking, do we? Do we know about <laughs> Cornick's long throw? I've never well, seen this before. Do you know what? Um, congratulations to Pitsy because I thought his commentary was okay at the weekend. However, that that one thing, I thought to myself, I've never, have I ever seen Cornet take a long throw? We should use that more yeah. often though because that is actually a proper long throw. It's a threat, isn't it? It is. We should be using that more. Although it came I mean, to it worked Stoke well for Roy Delap, didn't it? Yeah. Came no one will ever recreate that. I don't think Delap's no. throw was unreal. No. Alex says, if you could choose any current or former player to come on the podcast, who would it be? Oh, God. I think I know Dave's. No, don't say Ricky Hill. I'll say that. <laughs> who would I say, Steve? Yeah, that's exactly the one I was thinking, Ricky Hill. <laughs> there's, there's, there's tons of tons of players. I'd have to pick Pelly Roddick. would have yeah. to. Well, that's... And then I, I can just imagine the title now, Owen the Town, Luton Legend on the podcast. I haven't even got Patara here today. Tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. I'll do it for Patara. <laughs> Pick somebody else. From f- so, if you think about eras, right? Um, there are so many people you'd ask, and you know some people have gone, and some people are still with us. I'd love to have spoken to Preci. I would love to speak to David Moss. Get him on. 
he's still well, he's David Moss. Um, and before that, there are Malcolm McDonald. Yeah, great. But Rick Hill, you know Rick Hill, give him a shout. To be honest, after the Christmas podcast and we spoke to Tom Craddock, Leon Barnett and George Monko, if you haven't seen it, go check it out, by the way. Um, <laughs> I think every player that's played for us has a has a good story to tell. As long as, as a player, you've got a bit of personality like them three did, I think you can you could just get an interesting story out of anyone. Like, I thought Tom Craddock talking about Richard Money, I thought that, that was, was fascinating. Well it was really good. Um, and, and also, um, I love the way that they talk about Luton as a club and Tom Craddock, uh, Monka and, and, and Barnett as well. I love, I love the way they, they respect the club and they feel for the club as much as we do since they've gone. And the same when we did with Chris Coyne as well, you know, those sort of things. So the more you can get on Luke, the better. That's all I can say. Steve, you know what? Who would you pick? It's going to be controversial, but just for the questions we could ask him, I'd have Jason Walker. Jason no, Walker. No, That's no, no, a no. Shout, you know, What the fuck is he doing with that penalty? <laughs> Hey, this would be the main one. No, never. In the, I'd rather have. I'd rather have four managers on. I'd like to. I'd like to speak to Nick Owen. I'd like to speak to John Steele. I'd like to speak to David Pleat. I would like. I would. Oh man, just the list I'd is love endless. John so, I would really like Jason Walker, producer Jacob. Make Jason Walker happen. No. Can you imagine no, if we it, can make it happen? I don't think he will. I don't think he would. Who, hang on a minute. There's not one Luton supporter that wants to hear from him, surely. It's in the past. Surely we they forget. want an answer. It's not that. in the past. It's not in the past. Of course you, it's you in the past. You've got to go social media and look at the response when York City don't have a good game. Yeah. Look at the response of socials. It's brilliant. Yeah, but like if you... If you they lost 4-2 the other day, didn't they? Oh, did they? Oh, that's a shame. We could have gone up if he scored that penalty and we might not have been in this position we're in now. We could have been back in the conference. That's the, everything's happened for a reason. That oh. happened for a reason. No, it happened because he was shit at taking Jason penalties. Jason Walker could come on our podcast and just I have just a really honest chat. I just want an answer for why chat. he dinked it. Oh, because mate. he was a knob. <laughs> Producer Jacob, make that, it No, no, let's not get, get over this. It was a stupid penalty and he, you know, he cost us the game that day and then he... Yeah, but it's like everything happened for a reason. No, bollocks. What no, you know? I, can't, I hate him. I'll, hate oh, him, God. no. no yeah, get, get him on and I'll, I'll have a good chat with I'll him. I'll chat to him on my own then, if that's how you're going to be. I think it'd be a very good listen, either way. Um, that's all we've got time for today. Steve, thank you so much for joining us today on Zoom. Hope you enjoyed your Christmas present. It's a good mug. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. And thank, thank you, you for listening Christmas. today. Yeah, it was a good, good Christmas. Um, let's hope we get a result against Bristol City tonight. It's going to be tough game should be a good game and we'll be back next week to discuss the QPR game hopefully six more points coming our way very shortly thank you so much for listening get us on socials over in town we shall see you next week